Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show with author, entrepreneur, business developer, and, well, ninja master, Mark Sias. We discuss side hustles, business opportunities, scams, leveling up, and so much more. Just don't argue with the name could cost you your You can reach Mark at Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show, the Notary Ninja Podcast. We have a very interesting and very special individual today. This is Scott Aaron, Scott Aaron Coaching. Scott is uh, a, his five books, five books. He's a best-selling author, five books. He has the LinkedIn, he has LinkedIn book for sales and marketing, LinkedIn book for network marketing, which we know that's a toughie. And he also has the Network Marketing Academy. And then the good guys always win. And not to mention that he has a stellar podcast. It dwarfs my podcast. Um, so I am honored to have you on the show, Scott. Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show. Well, as always, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here and uh, just really excited to share everything that we're going to talk about today. Yes, yes, great. So let's dive right in. So Scott does coaching. Scott has you built up a business to a million dollars, which is impressive, sold it off, and then kind of things kind of went south for a bit. And I can definitely relate. I've I've had some hard times and maybe felt like a failure. And it sounds like you bounced right back. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I I never, you know, looking back. You know, I, I don't believe in failures. I believe in lessons. And, you know, for me, everything happened at such a young age. So, uh, you know, I was in the health and wellness industry. Uh, I I had three family-owned gyms, as you mentioned. Two, we actually ended up selling for a million dollars that enabled us to open the third. But how I even got into the industry was, uh, you know, not the most, you know, orthodox way. Uh, my father ended up, you know, making some questionable business decisions with uh, someone that he was working with. And he ended up actually uh, serving two and a half years in federal prison for insurance fraud uh, with the company that he was working for. And in the nine months between, uh, you know, working on a plea deal, but also the sentencing, that nine month period, my father found a way to continue to support our family. Mm -hmm. which he ended up buying uh, and taking over uh, a very, very, um, I would say, lower end but failing fitness club in in Philadelphia. And, you know, unbeknownst to me, that was going to end up becoming my gym when my dad went away for two and a half years. So as a 19-year-old teenager, I ended up having to become a business owner. So, you know, I, I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. So I've never worked for anyone. So I, I learned how to be resilient from, from day one. And I think that's, that's what really helped me always have that, that glass half full mindset. So, you know, through all those trials and tribulations, right. Selling the two gyms for a million dollars in 2003 opened up our final gym in Oh four fast forward to 2008 being now $1.5 million in liability debt, having to file for personal bankruptcy eight years later. But Obviously, to be thriving now, you know, the I always tell people 
I'm grateful for the journey. You know, the the health and wellness industry was never my passion. It, it was and still is my father's passion. I fell in love with it because, A, I fell in love with taking care of myself. Self-care is a, a huge, huge component to my life. Um, and the second thing is I fell in love with people. You know, I loved being a solution-oriented person because every person that walked into any of our gyms, they were walking in there because they needed help. They needed a solution, whether it was to gain weight, lose weight, feel better, whatever the case may be. And, you know, becoming a personal trainer, I became a therapist. You know, people, you know, sometimes people would just want to talk and, you know, get things, you know, off of their chest and, you know, just kind of decompress from whatever they were going through. And it really primed me for being able to coach and consult people the way that I still do to this day, nearly 25 years later. And I, I again, I'll go back to something that I said a few minutes back. You know, I don't believe in failures. I believe in lessons learned that make you better each and every step of the way. Right, right. I agree 100%. You only fail if you quit. So if you get you are you are a poster child for get knocked down, get back up again. I, I think a 1.5 million bankrupt, it doesn't, uh, that puts a lot of things in perspective, especially for me. I'm still moaning about losing a vehicle on the last hurricane. <laughs> so it puts it in perspective. Uh, so thank you for that. So let's talk, I want to talk about the network marketing a little bit. Now, uh, when I started our business, and I kind of gloss over some of it a little bit in our book, Golden Pen, when I started our business, one of the things I did is I looked at network marketing, and I looked at what do I like about it and what don't I like about it? And what I liked about it was the turnkey aspect of it, where it was it's kind of very easy to get in and get going. What I didn't like is that you really got to know how to sales and market. So if you don't find something that's really, really a hot commodity and that's not your zone, me as a nurse was definitely never my zone. Um, it was a struggle. So let me I want to hear I want to hear from you because it sounds like you got some stuff figured out. Well, you know, for me, so there, there's two things. I mean, you touched on a lot of it. So I would say if I were to put my thumb on the pro and the con, uh, the pro to network marketing is it's one of the best ways to learn um, how to improve your sales and marketing skills. The con is you're basically an entrepreneur disguised as a sales manager in the sense that you're you're managing a sales team. And your the revenue that you're bringing in is based on the amount of volume of a product moving within a downline that you have. So if product isn't being moved in your downline, there's no revenue coming back to you as a business owner. The other con I would say coupled with that is that you really don't own that business. You own the revenue or the shares of the percentage of product being sold, but you know, you are not privy to the compensation plan and any changes to it, the products that you're actually selling, what products are being launched, the compensation plan, all those things are owned by the company. So I, I think that th those are the two biggest pros and cons. You know, I, like I mentioned, I was always an entrepreneur. So when it was posed to me back in 2013, and I, I, I built for about four and a half years, did very well at it took me about 22 months uh, to have my first $10,000 month, but it was a lot of sweat equity. Uh, it was a lot of hours. It wasn't this whole, you build it once and the money just shows up. It, it's, it's not that whatsoever. 
but what I would say is that, you know, when I was running my gym, I saw it as an opportunity to provide my own product that I was repping where I would make a, a higher return because A, the gym would make money off of the sale of the product, but B, uh, I was making a percentage of people that bought that as well. So instead of using products from like, you know, Promax or Muscle Tech and the, the, the traditional things that yeah. a gym carries in its, you know, refrigerators, I was providing my own products to people. So I really saw it as a way to leverage that side of the consumer side, but also clients of mine were also interested in getting on the product. Now, when I started to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, that I was basically just selling a product, but I think from firsthand experience, you know, when I was building the business and, and I, I saw this from day one, and I, I want to be very clear with this. I don't, I don't down talk uh, network marketing, you know, it, it's, it, it fits the lifestyle of a lot of people. Um, the rate of success is very, very low. You know, it's a very small percentage of people that will ever make any money in it. 99% of people that do network marketing never make a dime. And that's the truth. There's the, the 1% end up making some. And now, again, if you're joining network marketing to be a part of a, a community, that's great. It's a great community aspect. But if you're joining it, to make gobs and gobs and gobs of money, it's the same chances as getting a scratch off from the gas station down the street for the lottery. It's the same. It it is hitting the lottery. That's really what it is. It's very few people that make it to the top. But I got a great education in improving my sales skills and mm -hmm. my marketing skills because what I realized is that people were just buying me. You know, there was just a product attached to it. So what if I attached a product, a service, a good, a program that was 100% mine, not a small percentage that was mine? So that's when I started really leaning on the aspect of LinkedIn because I was trying to take as much advantage as I could of the compensation plan of the company that I partnered with because I saw the company was rewarding people more from a financial standpoint of building a team and not just selling the product. So I'm like, okay, the product will sell itself. I need to build an organization, which I did. I grew a team of almost 5,000 people um, in the four and a half years that I built. And that enabled me to really grow and scale. But when I started having people reach out to me saying, hey, can you teach me how to use LinkedIn the way that you are to build your business? I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I have something here. There's a there's a gap in the marketplace. People want to learn this strategy. So I patent it, which you're seeing right back here. So I got it patent, my, my flow, my system, leveraging LinkedIn. I got it patented from the United States uh, patent uh, organization. And, but it ruffled the feathers of some people that felt they were threatened by me because of what I was doing. So I had my network marketing business actually frozen by the company because people had reported me for what I was doing, which I was actually only helping the company because in retrospect, if I was teaching people a very natural, organic, and genuine way of building a business, leveraging a networking and a business building platform like LinkedIn, it was only helping the company grow because I was bringing more business in for them. They saw it a different way, completely fine. There's three sides to every story, but I saw this as my opportunity. I always tell people, no one puts baby in the corner. So when I felt like I was being put into a corner, like I was being managed and I was, I, that was the first time that I felt like an employee. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I have no control over this. Like I have 
zero control over this. That was kind of like my aha moment where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to continue to love on and support on the people that want to do this as their business, but it's not my business. I don't own this. I need to go over here and really start leveraging what is mine, which was my course, which was the books that I was writing, the podcast that I was launching and the coaching program that I had. And I haven't looked back and it's not, again, I don't uh, discourage people from doing network marketing, but they do need to understand that what they're getting themselves into. And the fact that, again, you know, do you have an opportunity to make money in it? Sure. But there are so many, it, it's a, just an oversaturated aspect right now to business and just realize, just realize, God forbid, God forbid something happens to the company that you partner with. They mm -hmm. go out of business. They changed. I had a good friend of mine that was with um, a company, uh, a very well-known company, and they were a multi-level marketing company like most of them are. And they actually, with the drop of a dime, they changed their compensation plan to a singular pay level, meaning you only got paid on people that you personally brought into your business, not the multi-levered aspect. So this friend of mine went from making about 35000 a month to $2,000 a month in about three months. And, but again, that could happen. So I always tell people, look to diversify your business portfolio. If all of your eggs are in one basket and that basket is tied to a company that you are representing, that controls everything with that business, you're putting yourself at risk. It's just like being an employee, right? If you get laid off, you get fired, you know, the company goes under, it's the same thing. You go from having income to having no income. Now, the only other comparison is that if you are working for someone as an employee, you can file for unemployment. In network marketing, you are a 1099 contractor. Mm -hmm. There is no unemployment for contractors. You literally right. have to find something else. So you never want to put yourself into that vulnerable space where all your eggs are in one basket. You need, just like any investment portfolio, you need to diversify the business and the offerings that you have. Man, that is, uh, you are 150% entrepreneur. I, I like how you see an opportunity, you seize it, you see another opportunity, you seize it, and and you 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 adapt and you change. That's, that's very neat. And I tend to agree with you. I think that a lot of people uh, with network marketing, they just get into it for the camaraderie. You know, it's a hangout thing for them. So they're kind of okay throwing a little money away because it's a hobby for them. And, you know, that's okay. That is for some people. But for those of us who get into it to make money, I agree with you 100%. you got to know what you're up against. You are going to have to learn to market yourself. And on that, just to add to that, how you said you, you, you don't have the controlling decision. I remember if you want to go way back to the mid nineties, <laughs> I was ironically 19 and uh, got into one of these multi-level companies and it was centric around jewelry. And uh, so at this time in my life, I'm like a security guard working at nights. And um, I get introduced to this and I thought, well, this is great. You know, I, I'll sell this stuff while I'm on my job. <laughs> I mean, so nobody told me you couldn't door knock and you couldn't do anything, you know. And so I just kind of was throwing darts at the dartboard and it worked really well. And um, 
so much so that I quit. You know, there's no sense in being a $6 an hour security guard when you can make $500 in a day. Um, so I quit and, you know, bought a Cadillac and it, life was good for a minute. <laughs> it was good for a while. I, I kind of just was lived it up, hung out with friends, did stuff, explored Florida. And uh, one day the checks just quit coming in <laughs> and it was just like that. It was like, oops, the model wasn't it sound. I knew nothing about that. I just knew the, the, the people process that if you talk to enough people, you could make, you could make something happen. Yeah. And so that was my first go around with network marketing and it wasn't uh, a bad experience. It wasn't a good experience. You know, it was, it was a little learning on both ends. And um, I put that on the shelf for a number of years and then had a few other interesting go arounds with it. But again, I learned from that the same way this, this conversation is almost like the conversation we had the other day where, you know, you, 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 you see where the, I, I like how the words you said, I, I saw the gap in the, in the market for it. And it's a shame that the brilliance that you found wasn't, couldn't be appreciated by somebody who stood to make capital gains from it. But yeah. that is why we are, that is why we are entrepreneurs. So, yep. uh, so great. So tell me about, um, and, and if you, I know you probably got some proprietary information that you don't want to talk about or that people should pay you for because you're obviously <laughs> worth it. You've got a patent back there for crying out loud. Um, you're the first person I think I've had on the show that has a patent. Um, awesome. Yeah, I have two. That's cool. Tell me a little bit about that, about maybe your discovery process or, or some of what you do with LinkedIn. And you don't have to give away trade secrets. I certainly don't with, with people who want to know how I do what I do, but. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm an open book. So, you know, people are really surprised how simple my process is. And, you know, it's centered around being a person of value because that that's really what attracts people to what you're doing. So back in the day, uh, I was actually at a, a personal development conference and I, I was hearing this person speak and they were talking about the law of conversation and not from the aspect of the numbers game, but the quality versus quantity. And that really resonated with me. And I'm like, okay, you know, where could I go to not have just a quantity of conversations, but quality conversations with, you know, people that can help me up-level myself, my business, my mindset, all of those things. And I said to myself, you know, I, I need to connect with someone like me that has a business mindset that has a business background that's entrepreneurial that you know is enthusiastic uh and motivated uh as a wellness entrepreneur so other trainers other nutritionists other gym owners like me and you can specifically target those exact things and criteria on linkedin so i changed my profile around i updated it uh, i started connecting and and messaging and reaching out to people hey you know let's get to know each other let's talk and it just organically happened that I was connecting with the right people because they resonated with my story. And the, the big thing is you always want to connect with people that you share a common bond with, whether that's from a personal or business standpoint. And then I started providing very inspirational and thought-provoking and educational content on the platform as I started to learn and as I started to discover things and how they worked on LinkedIn. And people started reaching out to me. So... I then started reaching out to some friends of mine that were in the sales space. And I said, you know, listen, you know, you guys got to, you know, jump on this platform. It's great. It's helpful. Uh, one friend in particular reached out to me two weeks after I showed him what to do. And he said, 
you know, just call me. I need to talk to you. So I called him. I said, what's up? And he goes, listen, he goes, dude, whatever you're doing, it works because I have 14 qualified appointments booked this week. You should be teaching this. And I said, what do you mean I should be teaching this? He goes, listen, you've been coaching people in personal training. You can coach people to grow their business. Like you should be doing this. So that's when I, you know, I downloaded, and this was, you know, end of 2013, early 2014, this very unknown app at the time called Zoom, which we're on right now. No one had been using it, you know, almost 10 years ago. I downloaded it. It was free. I recorded some really bad training videos where, you know, it, the, the laptop was pointed up. It was like looking at the ceiling in my kitchen. It was just, and I started, I started selling the videos as a package for like $37. People could hire me to coach them for 250 bucks. Um, and that was kind of like the beginning of the journey. And I realized that there were, you know, four key components to really leveraging LinkedIn that actually still speak true to this day, which is taking advantage of the optimization of your profile, which is, you know, search engine optimization. So, you know, putting the right keywords all throughout your profile connecting with the right people from an ideal client standpoint, but also a power partner standpoint, someone that you can link arms with, uh, another podcaster like you and myself, other coaches that you can collaborate with, um, but also messaging people in a non-spammy way. You know, know when to sell and pitch and know when to just connect. And most people go after the kill. You know, you don't want to be a hunter. You want to be a farmer. Right. So the person that plants the most seeds is the one that's going to reap the greatest harvest. So for me, it was understanding that I just need to get to know people. I need to find out what they're struggling with, you know, let them know about what I do. And if there's some overlap with their struggle and my solution, they may want to work with me. And then the fourth component is providing value added content that never sells and pitches your audience. So going back to something that I said a few minutes back, being a person of value, give tangible tips, takeaways, education, information where you're giving without expecting anything back in return. You know, you want to be seen as that go-to person, that expert in your space where people will tune in week in, week out to um, really delve into your information and really connect with the message that you have where you're building that know, like, and trust. Because at the end of the day, no one buys anything from anyone that they don't know, like, and trust. And when you're providing relevant and educational content on a platform like LinkedIn that builds that know, like, and trust, you're going to end up acquiring more clients. And that's all I've been doing over the last 10 years, rinse, wash, and repeat, and yes. teaching other people how to do the same thing. And that is excellent. There is just a there was just an arsenal of wisdom there. You just hit us with, I'm still downloading it, but it's, I'm encouraged by that because I have a, a very similar philosophy that if you can over deliver and if you can just connect with people and do some listening, you know, uh, it, it, you can reap them. We certainly are seeing that in our business. It can reap benefits. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, especially if they're new or they're inexperienced or maybe just their personality flawed, uh, they just tend to put the me lens on, you know, what's in it for me? What can I get for me? I need this. I, 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 me, 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 rather than going, how can I serve other people? How can I meet their needs? How can I over deliver on their expectations? And then the natural process of that is that you're going to be rewarded. Um, uh, that's exciting. So yeah, let's talk about 
your your coaching. I mean, you've done some keynote speaking. Um, you've got you've got corporations and everything. Tell us a little bit about that. Your experience with it and kind of how that works. Yeah. So um, I, it it started actually with doing just a bunch of free workshops. I was always looking to get myself out there. I think to your point, uh, I wanted to under promise and over deliver. So even when I would do just a free workshop, uh, I just poured into people. I I literally gave them the keys to the castle. And it built that no like and trust. Um, and again, you know, going back, I, I would say to 20, 2019, about four years ago, um, with all the free workshops that I was doing, whether it was in person or live, um, you know, I I started getting uh, paid offers to do workshops and and speaking events. And obviously, then the pandemic hit, and uh, and then I really went back to that virtual. Uh, standpoint and where it really started to elevate is certain industries were really impacted uh, when everything did get shut down. And one of those industries was the financial professional industry. So financial advisors, financial planners, and uh, the friend that I forementioned that had her business really impacted uh, was a formal financial representative. She connected me, me with one of her closest friends who worked at a, a one of the top financial firms in the world. And uh, they were doing like a, a summer speaker tour for social media. And she goes, I got a LinkedIn guy for you. Um, they paid me for an hour of my time. And after I finished that 60 minute training, they said, can we rehire you for three more hours? And I said, sure. And then I ended up going on this like national virtual tour uh, for all the different mm -hmm. regions of this financial firm, uh, shooting it just like this. I was sitting on Zoom and I was training what I trained on. And then obviously, as the world started to open back up, I was still doing um, and I still do to this day. I do two free LinkedIn trainings every Monday and Thursday between 10 and 1030 a.m. Eastern that people can watch all the time. One in particular landed on one of my connections and they reached out to me at the beginning of last year and they said, listen, uh, you know, we're with a company, it's a private company and we hold quarterly meetings where we have guest trainers come in and keynotes. Um, we have a small budget. Would you be available to be our keynote? And uh, I said, absolutely. So it was in Orlando, Florida. Um, I found out later uh, as we were agreeing to the contractual obligation that the sponsor of this that would be sponsoring me was Caesars Entertainment. And um, I started chatting with the account representative from Caesars who represented this client. Um, we formed a great relationship. Um, she came to the event that I was hosting uh, and I was being sponsored by. And after we were done that event, she pulled me aside and she goes, I need to get you in front of every single region that I can. And uh, that started this great partnership between myself and Caesars Entertainment. They are now my full-time sponsor. Uh, they basically send me uh, a list of dates and cities of where they need me to speak. And I have the pick of the litter wherever I want to go. They fly me out. They put me up. They pay me to speak. And it's really a way to get myself in front of great people. Uh, some events are very intimate, 10 to 15 people. Others are larger, 100 to 150. And I love speaking and I don't do it all too often. I would say once a month, uh, but it really helps me hone my skills and, and teach what I love. And uh, as far as the coaching and consulting, you know, I typically work with either sales and marketing teams now 
uh, in large organizations or small independent uh, solopreneurs that are looking to really grow and scale and don't want to have to spend a lot of time on LinkedIn to get results. I have a very succinct method that I teach mm -hmm. that only takes about 20 minutes a day. And it's something that I love very, very dearly. Uh, I'm still inspired to do it every single day. I practice what I preach. I am not one of those coaches and consultants that just teaches a methodology that is outdated and they don't use. Um, I am my own best client as well. So what I'm teaching, mm -hmm. I'm doing myself. What's working? I teach others what doesn't work. I stop teaching. And uh, it's something that I'm still inspired to do and, and show up every single day to uh, to help others. That's fantastic. That sounds like a heck of an adventure. I did notice on your books how you, you have like the additions, like he does, he does what he says. He keeps updating the material, uh, which is important. To, it keeps you relevant. Um, so I guess uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Anything you want to tell the audience, tell them how to get a hold of you, you know, drop your links, drop your, your socials. Yeah. Uh, you know, the best way to get in touch with myself, uh, my wife and I run our company together. Uh, you can go to the time to grow.com. Uh, that has a little bit more about my wife and her agency, myself and what I do, and actually some programs that we have together. Uh, we specialize in helping businesses grow um, and scale. Uh, we are in the, the concept phase of writing our first book together. Uh, I've written five books myself. My wife released her first book earlier this year called How to Build Your Brand on Social Media. Uh, we're in the concept phase of writing a, a joint book together called um, how to run and grow a small and mighty business, because that's what we believe in is helping people run very high profit, low overhead businesses where they truly do have personal freedom, time freedom, and financial freedom. Um, as far as social media, you can literally Google me, just type in Scott Aaron LinkedIn. Uh, you'll find my YouTube channel, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, obviously, Facebook. Uh, my podcast is called Networking and Marketing Made Simple. And, uh, you know, would love to connect with you. Absolutely. Thank you, Scott. So, and we will put his links for everything in the description so you can reach out to him. There you have it. This guy's a LinkedIn wizard. Um, he does practice what he preaches. He's got tons of followers, tons of downloads on the podcast. I've been tuning into it since I found you. Um, really good stuff. So, Thank you for joining the show, Scott. It has been my pleasure. You, uh, you're probably one of the best we've had on so far. Um, so it was really nice to meet you. It's really great uh, to have you on the show. Uh, so much value you've had there. I'm going to be going back and watching this episode myself and taking notes. Um, so that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the Notary Ninja Show. We will see you again soon.